0: Okay, so hi. Uh, this is the Milo Ice first ever debate session, uh, hopefully not the last one, lah. Okay, so actually, very honest here, we have no idea what we're doing, but we just thought that this format, this debate format, one on one, U.S. presidential debate style, I think we'll be able to uh have some uh, really nice discourse, uh, and hopefully that we get some really nice ideas or some really cool drama tonight. Hopefully. Friendships will be broken tonight. Uh, <laughs> <but> regardless, uh, <laughs> let's start. Okay, so what's going to happen is this debate, you can call it that, will be done in the style that is very similar to what uh, the U.S. presidential debate is. So what that means is each side, pro and con, will have three minutes to talk about their points, after which... Uh, uh, they will then have a free-for-all to spar against each other's ideas. I will be moderating, just in case you guys don't know yet or don't recognize the voice yet. This is uh, Amos Tan. I'm once again disembodied uh, because I'm all the way in Malacca and there's quite bad internet here. But I'll try my best to moderate, be fair, because tonight the topic is about big developments in Malaysia. Specifically, BIG Architects Biodiverse City in Penang. Now, bio now just just give you some head start, some introduction to what this project is. So this is a two thousand acre project designed by B I G Architects as part of a competition for what is called Penang South Islands. Now, Penang South Islands is itself part of Penang Twenty Thirty Master Plan, where. According to their website, to their corporate lingo, they intend for it to be for make Penang a smart state that will be a inspiration to the nation. Now, one of the central tenets that they put forth for this big master plan is that it has to be well, of course, smart, sustainable. But at the same time, and it's right there in the literature, it is supposed to be something that is for the benefit of the people of penang regardless of class and it's talking about apparently it has uh taken into account shareholders such as the fishermen or uh, or the occupants of the southern part of penang but i think um as you all know once the announcement was brought out that big won with their really crazy uh proposal of three massive clusters of islands <laughs> pardon me, three massive clusters of island, down south in Penang, two, uh, around 1,600 acres huge uh, with uh, a very a design that's very inspired by clover leaves. Now, that has actually brought up quite a bit of controversy, especially within the architecture realm because it seems like a massive waste. Of course, there are any other major projects that's undertaken by any government. You're going to get you know, you're going to get contrasting views, right? You know, for sure, you know, we can use this money to do something else and it can be done in other ways. However, especially especially in this case, this is special because this is not a federal uh, project by the federal government of Malaysia. It is a project by the state government of Penang. And that brings around quite some uh, interesting implications as well. Now, today tonight, we are going to have... Uh, gary on one end now gary himself has self-professed that he really really likes the project he is really he's really a big fan and he thinks that these sort of projects are quite necessary not just for penang itself but for malaysia as a whole now on the other side we have Cha yvonne now yvonne is actually a native of penang so she has a special stake a personal stake in this project and she has gone on record saying this is not the way to go all right this is all the way to go so would you guys want to introduce yourself real quickly um as to what you guys uh, are aiming to bring or aiming to um point out just in general uh about your views regarding this project
1: gary how about you um I would like to say all projects, I, I, I'm not, even though I like a certain part of it, but doesn't mean that I love it as a whole. So I can only say that I will point out the things that I, I agreed with. And I, I hope this debate when, when it was, you know, a broadcast, don't, don't see it as a as a like a like a result like a product of cancer culture in a way oh you say this and then i i want to cancel you or even say this and I and i i want to cancel you no i i think we should open with we, we should welcome with an open mind to, to mm. see what is a good thing we can learn and also the bad thing we can try to eliminate Of course, yeah of course but gary what do you aim to convince the people about um I would say the M is to it's much more on the culture to to look at things it's much more on the context to look at things it's not really much more on looking at the content so it's, it's more about how do we see the things with an open mind I would only can say that because i I' have seen people they they, they object with uh, personal feelings and no, they uh, they don't they don't see another side okay Gary so are you today are you going
0: to try to convince us that this project, is actually a benefit yes, to, to everyone. Okay, all right, how about you Yvonne? What do you aim to convince people tonight?
2: So obviously the number one thing would be environmental effects. That's a no brainer about this project. That is an oxymoron, a biodiversity island does not actually help the environment. And then the second thing would be mainly because of money. So okay. that one is another huge topic that I'll elaborate later on. All right. And the third thing would be about this bringing in foreign architects to actually build up Malaysia, this problem
3: mm-hmm. of
2: this kind of Eurocentric foreign architects You'll in
0: Malaysia. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So those are the topics going, that we are going to be discussing once again. But first off, let's bring on uh, Gary to bring his opening statements. Gary let's start off with you. What do you have to
1: say? I have two minutes, right? Yep, starting now. Cool. Um, I, will, I will talk in three parts, okay? I'm going to talk about environment, architects, and in, investment. So perhaps maybe we can start off with investment in a way we can see the the, build, the 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 purpose of building up these three islands, they are more than just simply doing a new town. They are investment in a way they wanted to get the fund so that they can channel the fund to fundraise another other project because as you know penang they do have this manifesto in penang 2030 so in this case they are they are aiming for it to see penang uh, as as the center for innovation and industry 4.0 what does this mean in a way that 4.0 they are looking at automated automated industry and also it beyond it which is that one was actually um industry 3.0 so in that case in my opinion penang it looks like a independent uh managed island in a way so if we look at it the zoning you can see residential you can see commercial you can see tourism but what we are um, highly lacking is the industrial area, which is only a small part in Bayan Lepas. So this new island, they will definitely will boost up another opportunity for industrial area uh, Area instead of depending on another side. Even though Sabarang SP is still part of the Pinang. but I believe that by creating this industrial opportunity, you don't have to travel across the bridge to, an, to another area for work. Why don't you can create your own... Uh, Job opportunity in that case. So that's the first one. And also, they are planning that the sales of the island is going to be fun for as an overall project. It's called um, Penang Travel Master Plan. So, as you can see, like LRT, monorail, tunnels, and also island link. So, these all need money. Okay. Second of all, um, we are going to talk about architects. Yvonne mentioned earlier about the foreign architects, which is not wrong because. I, I believe that some architects they've never been to Penang, but I must confess that when you look at the jury je- panels, they are actually not some simple people. They do have uh, uh, Dato' Esa, who is the current Prem, uh, prem President. You have uh, Kazu Sejima from Sana. You have OMA. You have technical uh, technicians. They are not a sim- They are not the typical engineers. They are hydrologists and also environmentalists. One of them is actually the co-founder of Kelab Alami. If you look at Kel- uh, Kelab Alami, they are, their research is on fishing village. I believe that they know fishing village more than us. Third of all, we we talking about environment. Reclaim areas is not the first thing in Penang. We have already seen in Ganiwha. Uh, so environment and also when speaking of the fishing village, they are much more depending on aquaculture, not marine production. I thought that three minutes. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Um minutes. And, and speaking of environment, right? You 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 can see like the Gun uh Gurney the recent project is actually designed by Grant Associate. And in that case we can actually okay, see right. the I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cut you off right
0: there. Alright, thank you that's it. that's it for three minutes right now. Okay, thank you very much. I think that like, you can continue your comments later, you can continue your, your argument in the second part. Uh, for now
2: let's hear from Yvonne. Oh my God, three minutes is quite fast, though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. So,
0: yeah, Yvonne, you don't have to. You don't have to rebut Gary's points. Just bring your own. Okay, what we my do points the are. In the next part. Okay. Don't
2: rebut them, okay. 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 The first so one is, the first one would be on environmental impact. So obviously we all know that land reclamation will actually affect the mud flats in the coastal area and affecting the seabed in the coastal area will actually also affect the pH of the soil. And also that will affect the water quality and also the soil quality of the coastal areas, making it not good for um, Agriculture And also it will be destroying coral reefs and also destroying all the mud flats that's um, fertile for prawn. So where the Penang South Re- reclamation project is, there is where a lot of prawns are being fished by the fishermen currently. So once the Penang South reclamation project goes on, um, it will be like a complete loss of area of a uh, prawn area in Penang. And then um, secondly, it will be about the Money issue on this project, so they said that they can actually earn seventy billion MYR from this project to fund our Penang Transport Master Plan. But in reality, in that four thousand five hundred acre of that reclamation, only three thousand would be available for land resale, minus of like all the roads and infrastructure, all those stuff. So there would be only thirty nine billion ringgit for you to be able to be sold to developers which is actually seven billion short of actually paying for the transport master plan. So it's actually not a very viable project to fund the transport plan. And actually, um, this is based on the assumption that the market is good and you're able to sell all the land. But right now, as we all know that is COVID is happening and PNAC has always had this problem of not being able to actually sell all our condos. A lot of the condos are empty, even the ones Around me are still quite empty, so I don't think that this Penang South Reclamation will actually raise enough funds to actually fund our Penang Transport Master Plan. There are still obviously other ways to do it, and I don't think that within that Penang Transport Master Plan, like the proposal of two automobile highways, is kind of ridiculous because those automobile highways is not really a um mainly used route by the people because we are supposed to solve the congestion from the Penang bridge to the Bayan La Paz industrial area but that two highways are actually connecting the Penang airport to the touristy Tanjungbunga beach areas which is a stupid project in my opinion. And secondly, for Penang, Uh, to build a LRT system is not a viable system, although many people are on board with this. But personally, I think that Penang shouldn't be doing an LRT project because our population is way, way too small and we won't be able to cover back the cost after we build it. Even like Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur has like 8 million people and Kuala Lumpur is still not earning money from the project. So having such huge infrastructure like this, yeah, okay.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Yvonne. Okay, uh, just before we begin with our next session, which is the rebuttal part, I just want to ask, right, Yvonne, just now you touched out about some public transportation uh, for Penang. I just want to ask, like, is that relevant to the current discussion on uh, the masterp- on the Penang-South Islands project specifically?
2: Yeah, it's closely because linked. Because it seems because...
0: to me like it's a separate issue altogether.
2: No, it's not because the reason why they wanted to build this Penang South reclamation island is to mainly to fund that Penang transport master plan. So that's the reason why this reclamation project exists. So if we do not talk about the transport master plan, it's actually not right, in my opinion.
0: I see. All right. Very well. Okay. All right. Okay. so Gary and Yvonne, now you have 10 minutes to shoot each other. I think based upon the arguments that you presented, please do not present any new arguments. Based upon okay. the, the arguments I presented, please please uh, have uh, have a go each other. I just want okay. to before we start, I just want to uh, summarize what we just heard from Gary. Gary said that this is a, actually uh, quite an important project, and then he said uh, and then he said that that this uh, he did not call into question. He actually brought out the qualifications of the people involved in this. That there are people for like for example the ex prime president or uh, you have uh, consultants from uh, geologists, uh, sorry, hydrologists. Even Sana is here somehow. Yeah. That this, that this is actually a project that has merit. This was something that perhaps uh there's a lot more going on in, than uh underneath that, what it seems. There's also the fact that the um uh, he also tackled the uh, the popular perhaps misconception that this will damage a lot of uh, um livelihoods down there by saying that this is actually the impact of it on the present industry is actually rather, relatively minimal. Now, Yvonne brought out the fact that <clears throat> that this master plan at the very beginning is flawed because the reason why this master plan even exists is because that there is a need to fund the Penang Road master, uh, transportation master plan of which it itself is, always, is also flawed and full of problems. Uh, and not to mention the ecology and the uh, problems regarding mud flats as well. So, you guys have 10 minutes. Uh, shoot each other right now. Start.
1: Okay. Uh, I would like to say first, because Yvonne did mention about the population growth, and also the birth rate is dropping. It's very obvious in Penang's situation. But we can actually see Penang is a rather different or uh, uh, exceptional case because, one, we have to look at Penang's livability in a way that it is ranked number one in whole Malaysia, meaning to say everyone actually were looking up that spot as the alternative apart from living in KL. So that's the first part. Second part is we can actually see a global issue in in, in political, for example, in Hong Kong. They can actually see Penang is actually one of their options instead of KL to stay, you know, um, apart from Hong Kong. And That's probably why Penang mayor, they are trying their best to transform Penang Island becoming like a a new Singapore or, or Hong Kong. Okay, in this case, you might argue about critical regionalism or about the local identity. Now, because if we look at Penang, you have nowhere less, nowhere more to develop apart from the east side. If you're talking about the middle part, you have the soil with high erosion rate. So technically, you can't develop there. So you can only either go east or you go south. So that's my 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 point on that. And, and speaking of an environment, they, but they you don't it-
2: forget don't forget that you have mainland. Mainland, there's still plenty of land. If you drive by Penang Island on the mainland, there's a lot of land right there. And one of the main reasons they wanted to do the Penang South reclamation is because the land price in The island side is higher and you're able to sell it much, much more higher compared to the mainland side. So that's one of the reasons they wanted to do it on the island. And I think
0: Hi, I just wanna I just wanna cut in, right? I have a quote here from the Chief Minister of Penang, Chao Kanyeo. He has said that quote, the future of Penang is on the mainland. What do you think about that, Gary?
1: Well, I think for me personally, because in mainland... Okay, in this case, I would take out another architectural theory in this case because I don't feel... mainland is like it's like another countryside a, like Rem Koolhaas proposed, you know. It's like a countryside is like an alternative or a byproduct of civilization and urbanization. So in that case, why we wanted to bother to take care about countryside when you cannot handle your own city. So the first thing is about the Penang Island himself they should develop first then only we can talk about the countryside countryside or or, or Perai, if so, sorry i if i you know it carries a meaning saying that Perai is like a gampo, but but penang
3: it does
2: not not developed enough personally i think there's not much problem with our transport right now it's only um traffic jam is very bad only at peak hours other times uh, driving around penang is not much of a hassle and then i think that other than lrt we can do other types of transportation and Many local NGO has been pushing for the autonomous wireless train f- to be existed in replace of the LRT conventional LRTs, which can be implemented way faster with 5G technology and also less construction and also less obstruction to the heritage views of Penang. So I think building LRT like what Hong Kong and Singapore is not really viable in our current situation of when we already have 5G and we have much better technology that we can do a better transport master plan for Penang Island other than the conventional ways. Yeah, and, also, think, yeah. and also and on, also on mainland, I don't think we should continue to neglect mainland because there is where the land is and we should like further develop that side of the area instead of further developing Penang and by reclaiming it again and again and again, which would actually destroy our ecosystem.
1: Yeah, I think um, Yvonne did mention the last part is talking about ecosystem. Well, I think in this case, I would like to split in two parts. One is talking about fishing, which is, in fact, the um, Penang South Island project is only object, not just, of course, the environmentalists, but also the fishermen. So the fishermen mentioned because of the production of their fish, their their catch, right? Now, I I would like to brought up, if you look at the, the, the readings, right? Um, aquaculture production is way 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 higher than marine marine production and marine landing production in a way in fact going out and catch fishes is not really a big deal in a way or oh, they, they would affect the business I, I would I'm, I'm sorry it my sounds like I'm blaming the fishermen but time is changing Global global uh, global change is global uh, global warming is happening. But do you know
2: that not every kind of species can be aquacultured?
1: Definitely, because because if you're speaking of uh, fishes for, for for eat right for just for eating right, I think it's more than enough because Penang was uh, one of the largest uh, exporter of fishes for eat you know for restaurants for for domestic use you know for for eateries they are way much more adequate in that sense. If you're saying that okay, let's say the fish that outside, you know, uh, in did the you sea. know
2: that our food food uh food sus- sustainable index? So for shrimp and mackerel, so these two are the main species that are being affected by the reclamation. So for shrimp, we are right now just ngam ngam at hundred percent. We are sustainable with the the amount that we produce, but for mackerel, we are actually below our our what's that demand so actually we are lacking of macro and if we did we proceed with this kind of reclamation that means we will have less and less macro and less and less shrimp which I don't know how we're gonna like balance this off
1: I think I think it's there is no because I, like I said the jury and also the um, the technicians also the advisor of the whole competition they involve other ecologies and also environmentally so i'm quite confident with that even though it's a stream environment yes, you know it, or a fish right and
2: and, and can't come on cannot be aquacultured.
1: okay but, but but in that case then we have to find another alternative to to change our way of life in a way because what i thought you can't simply depending on one ecosystem to you know to 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 link it with another and but why should DIG? we change
2: our ecosystem, uh, why should we change our way of life <laughs> I mean, time this is cha- project?
1: Time is changing, time is changing, we can't just depending on the traditional way of eating and then we're just depending on uh, the, the fish that I used to like and then I have to um, follow the, the so-called tradition that we wanted to go, the time is changing even though I would like to eat the kind but, of certain fish or certain seafood but the time is changing the global warming is happening the wor- the water temperature is rising in that but case what is
2: Penang people benefiting from this self reclamation project when the transport master plan is flawed
1: now i mean if if you if you look at uh, i I'm, I'm not sure what kind of perspective that you're talking about in the, speaking of the transport is it because for for um for traveling from home to work workspace, or is it for tourists, or you know? But for me, as I see tourists, that the transport system is the main, um, core or the backbone in a way that for the, for the development. Because like I said, Penang they wanted to be a center for innovation and Industry Four So in that case, transportation is one of the crude, um, critical criteria in this case to, for logistics or for yeah, business, like- you know.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm against developing Penang, but there are cheaper and better ways in doing the transport master plan and also better routes. But right now, the Penang government is not planning a good transport master plan. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Okay, so in that in so so in in your case, what is the good transportation that you would like to propose?
2: I would like to propose like. The mainland should be developed and hmm. all the industrial areas should be on the mainland right now instead of putting it on the self-reclamation project. And also, Penang should find a way to solve the traffic jam problem during peak hours. So instead of everyone cramming into from mainland to island through that single bridge, there has to be like a better transport system. For example, the, the easiest one would be a bus system. So everyone would go to one area in mainland to take the bus and then that bus would bring them all into the industrial area instead of everyone having to drive their own cars to the industrial area in, in the island.
1: In speaking of Penang Island, you were saying there's one. Okay, technically there are two bridges, okay? But even though the, the first one is much more The second more bridge is useless.
2: Okay, The now, second bridge, no one okay, uses now. it. <laughs>
1: because because of these projects because of these islands they can cultivate back the use of the second bridge that's how i see because they provide 70000 houses in but in the new but island are they affordable no they are not okay i must honest they are only 30% of the houses they are affordable houses but 20% say, and
2: 30, 20% no it's 20%
1: okay even though it's 20% another 80% like i said the sales is for money they are not Technically, for you know, like for for the for the affordable community or B forty, you know, they wanted to, uh, talk so where about, uh, to, where, to, to where are we
2: benefiting from this project?
1: Like like I said, it's the money. It's the money that they would like to fund the uh, Penang Master Plan. But we cannot we, we cannot see just the the simple benefit from it. It's not just for transport. It is for uh, the overhaul connecting uh, network for for the whole um, Penang East side, especially when you can see. The development is so eagerly needed in, you know, uh, as, you, as you see, it's going to be developing. It's a really reclaim. So you, if you wanted to say reclamation project is something not very new anymore. And, and plus, I'm very confident with the jury and with the um, specialists that involved in this project, so,
2: but there is no need to rush from Bayan La Paz to gurney they are building that highway to shorten the distance between the airport to the touristy area, which I find is ridiculous because as a tourist you have no rush to go there, so there's a more pressing urgent need to solve the traffic jam issue for Normal people in Penang that is traveling from mainland to the industrial area that is more urgent compared to the tourist area. And as you can see right now in COVID, you know, if you drive around the Gurney area, it's completely empty. It's like Deserted, like even even KL people not being able to travel interstate, we already can feel the effects of tourism. Tourism is not a sustainable industry, so we should definitely look into other sustainable industry. For example, like the fishery. The fishery is is food. Food resource is always something uh, a necessity for the people of Penang. So we should be protecting the necessity industry instead of the tourism industry that is not really sustainable, although it can be very profitable.
1: It's, uh, it's a very good point that you mentioned COVID-19. In this case, I would see your statement is self-conflicting. In a way, if let's say I'm staying at Pinnock Island and I wanted to go to work for in in, in COVID time, right? I can't go to work because there is a border control, right? The, the bridge is closed. I cannot go across to Sebrang Perai. If I go over there, I got infected and I come back, I might infect my neighbor, my community, my family, my friends. So in this case, Bayan Lepas is an ideal proposal in a way that we are self-controlled as an island together as one. And then we have our industrial area, which is gonna be a new one, residential, business, tourism, I, I, you have-
0: Sorry. I had to cut in a bit. You guys, you guys have like I'll just give you guys one more minute to wrap up your uh shooting and then we have to move on to the next part for guys to present more arguments.
1: I can only say, I can only say Penang is one of the place that I would love to stay because of its whole very, it's, it's a good mix of traditional um, culture and civilization and also a new development. In this case, you get a good mix. I believe in the middle, you get in the both, the best from the both world. That's best we can get. So I you know
2: that industrial area in Penang is mainly electrical, electronics. So E&E, not everyone can work from home. Almost like 40% of them have to be in the factory.
0: Uh, okay, all right. Okay, uh, thank you very much. So that was the part one. Now we're going to go on again to the second part where Yvonne, now you can present the remainder of your arguments. You first, Yvonne. Then after that, Gary will present his arguments. Please do not rebut each other for now. That's your arguments. And then you can you guys can continue shooting each other the next part. Let's start.
2: I think, I think I already presented my two arguments. So maybe the last one will be about having these foreign architects mm. coming into Malaysia like to build something. All right, okay. I, feel, I feel like this is kind of problematic because it's like a neo colonial kind of strategy of like us wanting validation from our ex colonials col- colonies. Mm. <laughs> One thing, validation from them to say, like, oh, wow, uh, there's a foreign architect who designed something in Malaysia or oh, in Penang, someone famous mm. designed something here and then I feel like this is something very problematic. And I think we all should own up to ourselves to try to design something that we can feel proud of. And I mean, obviously, Malaysia's architecture industry also have its own flaws. Like we are not always trying to push for design all the time. We just easily give in to developers and just do whatever they ask us to do, like maximizing plot ratio and then maximizing like the floor areas and stuff like that. But I think that Malaysia has a lot of potential, and we all should try to fight for our rights to actually design something like this kind of project instead of being like the submission architects behind the shadow of our co- colonists. Yeah, is it not three yet? <laughs> I, Amos, can I can I join? Right? No,
1: no, I can. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. Please oh, Okay. Please, okay. Uh, fine. I will allow this. Just
0: ask one question.
1: Me Okay, for me asking one question, maybe our uh, 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 statement, lah. but I'm saying that how high are the chances that you see Malaysian architects produce works apart from Malaysia, like a famous one, like the names that made it up to, you know, to, to a certain <laughs> Yeah, but Ken Yang himself, he, okay, if not mistaken, he joined the competition as well, right, and okay even though that doesn't apply, he also, he also joined in other um, replication, uh, reclamation projects or New Islands project. So, okay, that's that's, that's not, not not talk about the nature of the project, but let's just talk about reputation of the architects in Malaysia. And if you're talking about this competition, it's kind of different. It's very different from Forest City because Forest City is kind of like a Chinese money driven project. If you look at the jury, it's all Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. It's either Chinese jury or Chinese uh, architects or even foreign so architects. You... They are staying in China, so this so is gonna be a different.
2: The panel, if the panel is not from one country, it's international. Then it's good.
1: Yeah, technically, because you you need someone to tell you that oh Malaysia is good in what point and bad in what point, because that's why I think do we they are in goes... Malaysia.
2: But do that's they why... know Malaysia better than, okay, than okay, we okay, do?
1: hang on, no, 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 <laughs> stop, stop,
0: stop, stop. Okay, Gary. That's enough for your one question. Gary, now it's your turn to present your points. Please don't revise each
1: other yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, first of all, I would like to say this competition, like, like I said, it's, 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 it's a different project. Why? Because this is a Malaysia first urban design competition, international competition. It welcomes more than 140 plus entries. And also, if you look at the finalists, they are not just limiting to foreign architects. They also pair out with local architects. Those foreign architects, They know technology better than any other Malaysian architect in this case because they are international, well-reclaimed, well-acclaimed architects or or specialists or consultants. Just look at the example. B.R. this project, B.R. Ingles crossover with Hijaz, crossover with Rambo. I must confess, Rambo is a strong uh, component in this case. Why? Because Rambo, they are a global huge company. They have done Tate they have done um, Denmark projects, they have done Singapore projects. Like, uh, and, and also like, like, like I mentioned earlier, Gunwaf. So, Grant Associate they have done um, Marina Bay Sands. So in this case, we can actually see the success in that rate, they have experience in doing that. Second of all, foreign architects in this case, some architects, local arch- architects, they might argue that, oh, why I don't have the chance to, you know, to, to, to perform myself. Let's be honest. Architects' jobs—they are actually um, depending on the chance to hey, build. Gary, first,
0: just point out like, the, isn't that the first one Putrajaya? Sorry. First, uh, internationally designed.
1: Hmm. Uh, that one is I, I I can't recall, but I can only say Penang one is a first urban design. I believe that Putrajaya. In is recent
2: city. years, maybe you can say.
1: <laughs> it's a city. I believe it's. it's a city. Just, yeah. What about
0: Forest City? Forest City also, isn't it?
1: Forest City, no. Forest City, Forest city is a, is a city. A, it's,
0: called a, it's called a. local. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but it's I'm well talking like about the, urban design. Urban design. The one
0: in Malacca as well. The new uh Malacca. Oh, it, what's, I forgot the name, but that one is also an international design. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, but they are not open to, for such more names, right? Do you see like Bianca's join their competition? No. Do you see Foster join the competition? No. Did you see? Did you see like yeah, a big why, names joining?
0: why uh, sorry I just, want, I just want to point out uh, and ask this, type, but why why do you see the fact that uh the or foster declining or not even interested in joining this thing as a big deal
1: so, so, so sorry i can oh, do you my
0: repeat learned, uh, yeah okay i just want to ask like, why why do you think why do you say that uh, because for uh, because uh, foster or Ingalls has a uh, decline or has not participated in the competition that's a mark against them? Why do you think that's important? Or why is that even relevant?
1: I, I, think, I think we, again, believe that because we, we I'm now currently studying in the uh, European context, right, or UK, right? Because the, the, the vision is very important. In this case, it's, it's, they, they, they do have imagination. I think Malaysian architect they, 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 they do have vision from that. They, they, they always wanted to do proposal and whatnot. But, they're not dare to come out with the certain comfort zone to challenge themselves. Then only you can see their ingers will okay. come out like a some so so bold movement. Uh. All
0: right. Okay. Is that is that uh is that are those our points for this round?
1: No, I I can only say we need to open for the foreign architects as they are not just ordinary foreign architects. They are. They're famous okay, architects, they've right. they done a lot of projects. So I'm I'm just saying that we should invite them.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. Uh, you want now you are free to uh, open fire.
2: But I think that having having these foreign architects is actually a sign of design hegemony in Malaysia. do not you think so? It's like importing their ideas into our context that is not actually suitable for our Malaysian lifestyle. Don't you think,
1: Gary? <laughs> well, I, I, I think okay. In that case, that's the reason why Malaysian architects they are actually there. They will be regulated in this case for the you know speaking of the. No, the, that's the, not the, the truth. Because know.
2: my my ex company is one of the winners. So I actually asked them, so how was the process? And they say that it's just a name. They were just attached to this foreign architect and they didn't even involve in any of the design process. They didn't even consult them at all. They didn't even ask anything. So there were just names on paper, like attached to them. And then they didn't even ask anything about Malaysia through the local architect. So it's just a name. And in the end, I also don't know what is their responsibility. So all the proposal from start to finish is all done by the foreign architect, and they have no clue of what Malaysia is like. And they are just proposing from their office far, far away in Europe, and you think it's fine? I feel like that's completely contradictory to the way we learn architecture. And it's not, it's not a right thing to do.
1: Okay, maybe perhaps you are uh, mentioned about MVRDV and the uh, e company Maybe that's the one lah. But I I I can't I can't I can't talk a lot because I'm not working with them. Perhaps that's the only chance that happened in that particular firm. Okay, so now we are talking about foreign companies. Um, well, you 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 you're talking about site specific and contextual, uh, design, right? In this case, we should we really need to see site as something that constrain ourselves to design something in a way oh i'm not from malaysia That meaning to say i can't design i can't design a malaysian project does that does that mean we can't do that so in that case it will self-contradict in a way if let's say malaysians cannot compete within ourselves how do you want to compete with other people when let's say you you, you your, your your office got a chance to design something in London. Can you compete that? No, because you are saying that, oh, because that project is not in Malaysia, then I don't want to design. Is that the case? Because that's that's and why- I'm not Malaysia, saying that. I'm that's just why Malaysia, saying that
2: the way they, they Malaysia, execute it is not right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why Malaysian architects, they can't go far because one, they are either, they are technically inadequate to join that. I believe that some join other competitions as well. they They make the name outside. But how far did they go? It's not like, you know, ADAS ADAS in China, or you're talking about DP architects. In Malaysia, foreign architects, this is not the first case. You're talking about the um, KL, the one, um, I forgot the the, 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 the building, somewhere near Elham building. So that one just got demolished. It doesn't matter because it was, but but it was designed by Singapore architects. So, and then you're talking about Elham Gallery. You're talking about GDP they design with foster the one on uh, university patronas. they want also they collaborate with uh, a foster they want a award. so that's where the recognition comes in the appreciation comes in so that's where i think it's very important to invite foreign uh, foreign foreign architects and also to allow ourselves to compete with others so that we can understand what malaysian architects they are really capable of and and you, if you look at Pam's recent uh, video, right, they, they invited Malaysian architects. Who are they? Hijas, Kenyang, uh some local architects. But local architects, I'm not sure. I, I can't tell their portfolio if they go beyond local or just foreign projects, right? But if you look at it, only Kenyang who can make it out that far. And and and, and Ken Yang is another case because he is a famous architect because of the ecologist and then he was named like the top hundred person that can change the world. That's quite a different. But how many of our Malaysian architects can actually make it to it to that list? You know? And who, I mean, does, does the world actually notice Malaysia? They don't notice apart from one MDB, you know. So so why don't we, 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 we use architects? You know, it's something we can proud of. We we, we we were trained in such a diverse cultural background, but we just, you know, sitting in a small country and then development also so stuck with corruption, with no space to develop, uh, you know, we just don't think in Malaysia.
2: But don't you think if we were to continue to validate foreign architects like this, that means it will be hardly for us have a chance to actually stand on our own because we are continually seeking validation from these foreign architects, these foreign institutions to actually say that we are good. Shouldn't we are the ones who are stating it ourselves, like telling other people what are our strengths and what we can provide to the world?
1: I think you if you let's say you wanted to show the uh, so-called competitiveness among Malaysian architects I think okay at some point from what I know first of all competition already corrupted the jury already know who is the winner that's the first thing the culture itself is wrong second of all by inviting foreign architects can actually show you how you did about the performance to measure yourself with uh, with the whole global scale. We are talking about global scale. We are talking about global scale and and, skill set that, are we Malaysian architects able to compete with others? Because you, you look at Malaysian projects, they are actually a lot of projects designed by foreign architects. Why? Because Malaysians is it because Malaysian architects they are not adequate enough or is it because of the fee or is it because of the political okay. environment?
0: Okay, okay, let's okay, let's not stray too far from here. I just wanna I just wanna ask like a few pointed questions, right? But first off, right, do you guys think that uh, if a Malaysian architect was appointed to do this project, do you think that the quality of it would have been better suited for it? Even I mean, regardless of its uh, uh original problems. Like for example, as Yvonne said, that the conception, the initial conception of this project is already flawed due to the Penang Master uh, Master Plan being uh, not really a good idea in the first place. But barring that, but barring that, right? If a Malaysian architect designed it, do you think that it would have had a better outcome? Uh, purely based upon the design.
2: I feel like I feel like right now, currently. I feel like it's very hard to see a Malaysian architect to design a good proposal for a Malaysian mm-hmm. huge project like this, to be honest. it okay. Actually, what Gary said just now, I actually half agree of what he says. And I think that that is one of the problems of Malaysia. Like all this competition and all this stuff is actually yeah. very, very flawed in Malaysia. So that's why we have this problem of... Um, exporting our expertise on a global scale yeah. and us not being recognized on a global scale so probably that's why that's one of the reasons th- that's one of the big problems that we face in our architecture industry in malaysia but i think okay we can actually change that but of oh yvonne,
0: oh, yvonne are you there yvonne are you there
2: course it's going to be very very tough and you have
0: to be very okay uh okay yeah. y- yvonne uh sorry i'm not sure if you got if i got cut off or you got cut off but can you reiterate the final two uh, sentences that you said just now
2: oh shit! i don't really remember <laughs> i think i'm trying to say that it is it's doable but it's going to be very very hard because I, I know I that okay. as a as a as a owner of an architecture firm in Malaysia, they would definitely have to balance between, you know, getting enough jobs to survive and also being strong as a designer. So I, I know that that balance is very, very hard in Malaysia right now.
0: All right. So, OK, because I, I want to fo- like following up from from that. Right. I, was, I would like to ask that is, uh, you know, in. In the context of this uh, development, which is uh, estimated well according to them, towards 70 billion ringgit, do you think uh, I would expect that uh, meritocracy in this case, as Gary has pointed out uh, his point being that the foreign architects in this case is is necessary surely uh, purely because of the sheer uh, price tag this thing has. So I don't do you think that uh, even if this was given to a Malaysian architect, and presumably the Malaysian architect is like, uh, presumably once again, inferior to a foreign architect. Do you think that is justified given the cost of this project? I don't, I think that, I mean, if I, if I can present my own uh, own comment, I would think that with so much money, I would be very, very angry if um, we had to choose a Malaysian architect purely because it's Malaysian uh, and, and, we, and not... And uh, you know, disqualify or not choose uh, something that is quantitatively the best, like meritocracy, right? That's something that we talk about all the time. So, what do you guys think?
1: I think I think you did mention the the project is not a small small project. You know, it involves a lot of a budget. It involves a lot of time. It involves a lot of party in this case. So that's why I think the necessity to invite foreign architects because if you wanted to develop why don't you just go big in this case and, and, and ask the foreign architects to tell you what you need to do? Because again, like I said, foreign uh, local architects, they are not adequate to handle such big projects. So that's why I think with with the so-called uh, nature of this project, with the nature of budget, the economy of the budget, the, 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 the project, it needs foreign architects, especially they have been doing so many big projects. Just simply talk about Foster. Foster have done urban planning, on a, a new city proposal, it's not the first time. They have done um, a lot. So that's where I can see the cap- uh, capacity that this is not the time to sharpen our perception on uh, foreign architects, but also a good time to reflect on ourselves. What if there is another project similar like this? What can we do? You know, um, We can learn something and apply it so that we can have a close competition among Malaysian architects then only we can talk about it because in the previous time, it doesn't open. You're talking about Forest City, you're talking about Putojaya, they are not open. They are not all well-welcome. Amos, you were saying, is it? No, oh,
0: no. Go ahead, go
1: ahead. Yvonne,
0: do you have anything to say to that?
2: Personally, I think on, on this kind of meritocracy and less corruption, I would guess, I think bringing in a foreign architect is kind of a good decision, I would say, because we all know that we cannot guarantee there's no corruption in Malaysia. And also probably having a foreign architect would actually, how do you say, provide like a, how to say, like a guarantee to the world saying that, oh, we're gonna do this project and it's going to be realized. It's going to make sure that it's going to be realized. That's one aspect that I will agree with Gary that this project will, will be done cleanly, in a sense, and there will be less corruption. But I only agree on this. I don't agree on like everything else about the project.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but you have to see the, the purpose of this uh, project, right? They wanted to sell it. If you wanted to sell it, okay, let's, let's just imagine, okay, this proposal done by Malaysian architects, if I'm a developer, I, I'm an investor, would you invest current situation a proposal done by Malaysian architects. I don't want to say who. Another one done by B.R. Ingalls. Who would you choose, you see? So in that case, we can actually see how important foreign architects and their name. The name itself is not, it's not it shouldn't be see, seeing like, oh, I'm one of the cheat your feeling, or deceiving your, your, your feelings or, or your money, you know. But name itself, we can actually see Crazy Rich Action is a good example. Why they tend to promote Singapore instead of Malaysia, even though Malaysia have so many good things. That's where the marketing comes in. Because I think Malaysia, they, they are really good at, uh, you know, talking about Kintan Lu that time. We are talking about the Subang Airport. Malaysian architects do have their own capacity to do a lot of good architecture, but it's just that it's not well market documented. So that's all I I can only say our Malaysian architects, we need competitiveness to compete with other people so that to tell us how good we are.
0: you, you wanna uh, close. Okay. <laughs> uh, alright. Okay. Uh do you guys have anything else to say?
1: Um I I, I you know as I as...
0: Okay. <laughs> I think like I think it's time that we have our closing statements ready
1: Yeah. Um
0: Okay. I think like Gary, you start first, you start with your closing statement.
1: I can only say this project, I see more, you know, things will have good and bad, but I can see the good is much more on bad side because Penang is a different region in a in a in a in a you know quote unquote saying because it's not a typical same bunch of people who manage Penang, you know. I'm not saying, you know, I I I don't have to elaborate on that, but that's why I see Penang it has a good mix of traditional uh Culture and also modern development is necessary because if one day they wanted to independent as one country, okay, finger crossed. But I think they are capable to do that because they are they have a good politician system compared with other uh, other state. They have okay. Uh, you know what?
0: I'm gonna stop you there. Let's not, Let's not have any seditious comments tonight.
1: Yep. But I'm, ju- okay, I'm just okay.
0: I'm just only
1: say. No, I'm just only saying that Penang is a good place for develop as an overall development. So that's why I think foreign foreign architects' investment in environment in this case is not really a big deal. So I I see more goods than bad.
2: Is it my turn? Okay,
0: Yvonne? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead.
2: Thanks for looking up to Pinang so highly. (laughs) But I think it's exactly because of the same pool of people that is governing Penang, I feel like they are already diverting their responsibilities as the government. I feel like they are not really doing something beneficial for Penang by doing this project. Because if you see...
1: Oh,
0: yeah. I think Yvonne... uh, Oh, no. Yvonne has, uh, has caught up again.
2: Back then in... The nineteen
0: oh. Okay, so oh, oh, blah, blah, blah. Ivo, Ivo, sorry, sorry, sorry Ivo. can you say that again? Uh because it got cut off again.
2: Okay, from where? <laughs> You're
1: saying nineteen uh nineteen
2: sixties.
1: Sixties, okay.
0: Yeah, so yeah.
2: So from the nineteen sixties, so the government of Penang has always been doing things that is beneficial for Penang people. But recently I feel like Especially this current one, they are not really doing things that are beneficial for the Penang people. Although we see less corruption in other parts of Malaysia. So I feel like the Penang government, if they wanna to continue to be ruling Penang, they should reevaluate this Penang South Reclamation project and actually do something that's beneficial for Penang.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh thank you for that, uh for a closing statement. Now I'm going to open up the floor to questions for our observers here. Uh, If you guys would like to ask any questions, now's the time. Oh that's okay.
1: Um, (laughs) But how about I I just throw up an open question? I mean, Yvonne, if let's say you you have to make a choice, right? Because um in the middle part on in the central they are like mountain areas, right? That's where the soil with high erosion rates. And also, if you're talking about on the west side, that's where or the, should I say kampong area? And also, there, 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 there is an area for mangrove, uh, you know, growing. Uh,
2: yeah, on the growing, west side.
1: Yeah, on the west side. So in that case, we can actually see the population is growing and growing, regardless of the birth rate, even though they are low, but you can't deny the population is growing in Penang. And you can't deny the fact that how about the so-called outsiders, you know, like KL people, they like to stay there for retirement. They would like to stay there for business. They want to stay there for family, you know. How do you see the development can take place instead of South, uh, South Island?
2: Move to island? Uh, move to mainland. Nah.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: I already said mainland, has still plenty of land. Seriously, there's plenty of land on mainland. And it's so badly managed on mainland. If you drive around mainland, you know, all the houses mostly are still like shabby kampong houses. And it's not really, really like planned properly. I mean, this could be like a very bad modernist example of top-down management. But I feel like mainland is still very, very underdeveloped compared to Pinang Island. So there is so much work to be done there.
1: If let's say Serang Perai, should I say are they a new? Clarissa new...
2: will get offended if you keep saying Serang Perai. <laughs> you no. should call it mainland because Serang Perai is just like on the northern okay, part. Okay, There's okay, okay. Like...
1: Mainland, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, like mainland itself, does the development going on or is none or it's not happening at all? So should I say is it an uh, existing development, there or is this an uh, the... empty land?
2: It, there is development. It's just that it's very, very, very slow compared to Penang Island. And, but I think partly the reason why the growth on the mainland is slower is because mainly, okay, like 40% of the Penang Chinese population live on the island and 40% of the Malay population live on the mainland. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why the Penang government couldn't really develop mainland, you can say, in a sense. You mm. know, cause we have this ethnic tension, and you can't really like you know just go to mainland and scoop up some land. Mm. Oh,
0: okay. I think uh Yvonne just got cut off again. Uh, I will not make any
2: comment about very, very the sensible. state
0: of uh Penang internet infrastructure. Pen- <laughs> uh, Yvonne, can you know you again because the uh, uh, you, you, got, you just you got cut off again. So sorry. Where 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 that, uh, where
2: uh, where?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did I cut I off? Think, uh, you, you were saying about the about you, you you okay? You got cut off at the at the part where you said that the state government due to uh rate to tensions is unlikely to go across to the mainland to so called as you said scoop up land.
2: Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like that's one of the reasons why mainland is still being underdeveloped because like mainly 40% of the Malay population live on the mainland and it's very hard for the Penai government to actually You know, just go there and buy compulsory purchase a piece of land to develop that area. So I think, and I also think that although I'm talking talking about this from a top down perspective, but seriously, like if you go around mainland, it's like so really, really underdeveloped. Mm. And so much can be done there.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, okay. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Uh,
1: there are definitely some points that Yvonne, you know, being a local, <laughs> local resident of Penang, um, I can't judge much of uh, of course I, I can't um I can't comment much because I'm not staying in Penang. But um in that case, we should doesn't mean that doesn't mean that Penang people they, they can't welcome other co- uh, opinions from the so-called non-Penang So in that case, I will I, I think that there should be a balance between you know being yourself and also how to open with other opinions for other people to know yourself better. Because you never know you never know you never know yourself until bi just come in and say hey I want to do three islands and you, you found out hey we need we need we need we need we more you know we not until the 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 threat not until the threat approaches to your to your to your house then only you realize how safe your house is so that's where I, I can only say and in that case we should reflect ourselves in both sides to look at it what kind of capacity in ourselves not just being the developer itself I also in Malaysian architects, how far should we go? And land is getting developed and developed more. And what what is the next step? And speaking of an architects, you know, traditional architects, conventional architects, they just wanted to get built. You're running out of land, you you just need to build. I mean, of course, mainland, there is a lot of opportunity, but investor, they don't see the eye on that. That's where the problem is. So, development i i personally don't really agree with uh you no know, idea of development but sometimes you just need to have some development to boost a certain you know stimulation to un- to allow us to understand you know what how how good we are and how bad we are
0: okay what, what are the implications of this project uh towards perhaps future developments in malaysia this kind of mega projects you know if based upon this example that we had and projecting from what it might become and how it might be executed. Do you guys think that this will become a precedence uh, uh, or something that will have a great impact on future mega projects in Malaysia?
2: I definitely see that this would become like a trend in Malaysia to keep holding competitions to attract foreign architects to come and design Malaysia, definitely. And actually, immediately after this this self-reclamation announcement day and that was another international Pidang Bay competition.
0: Mm. So
2: I also don't know. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I actually participated in that.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs>
1: okay, Because right. I'm
2: getting fed up, so I'm like, I have to say something about
1: it. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well I think I think you know being a uh, active participants in various competition. I think it's very necessary in Malaysian context. We're just staying too comfortably in our own home, and then we are just not going out to and fight with other people. I mean, not simply as a bad fight with you know, like a bloody fight. You know, it's a fight that to understand how far is a capability. Just looking at ourselves, you know. I, I, I'm, I, I, I was practice, I was trained in Malaysia. Not until I step into Glasgow and I know how shallow am I. I believe it will same goes to you, Yvonne, because now you are you're studying in a very competitive environment. You will know how important are the foreign uh, opinions or the uh, multidisciplinary ideas or diverse ideas to enhance yourself and so that you can actually brought back to Malaysia ideas, you know. Simply talking about Malaysian architects who join the competition, they are mostly educated in overseas. You're talking about... All right, okay. Yeah, Serena Hijaz. GDP, um, you know, um, some other firms, are, I, I, not, not to mention But they are all practice overseas, and then they come back and then to tell Malaysia what you should do, and this is what we should do. And because just simply talking about just our neighbour, Thailand or Singapore, you can actually see how much different we are. In speaking of the development, in speaking of the speed, in speaking of the um, the capacity that we can go as a Malaysian architects.
0: Okay, all right. I think that I think we can sum up tonight's uh debate session really. I think I guess call it uh you guys uh once again. I think uh I wanted to thank you guys for coming out tonight. I think that I've heard some really really interesting comments. Uh, I don't have a um, horse in this. I don't have any horse in this race. Uh, because I, I don't really care about Penang except for the food. And as far as the food is not affected. It's all okay for me, you know. Maybe although although you did say that uh, the uh, what it the the Malaysian mackerel might be affected, and then that means that laksa might be affected. So that's that's quite concerning to myself lah. But never my mind, never it's mind. okay. Once again, thank you so much for coming and uh, for our listeners. Uh, thank you very much. I hope you, you guys have any questions, right? Last final call, last questions. Did you guys have any questions?
1: Yeah, I want to listen to them to to all our listeners. What do they think about the yeah. debate and also the topic itself? Uh, Clarissa, maybe.
0: <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep,
1: yeah, loud and clear. Yeah,
0: Clarissa, go ahead.
2: I think what I'd like to ask is the fact that architects is really dependent on developers. It seems like this conversation has made
0: that completely true. So I wonder about that role of development
2: within Malaysia, specifically within Penang, I guess, and whether we should continue with this trajectory, large scale developers, funding competitions, and then, yeah, that kind of role. Or should we think about it differently in terms of our position as architects? Because we seem to be with under their control. Hence this yeah. debate emerged.
1: I mean, uh, even though there are some cases, I met some architects, they are working for developers, or eventually they are part of the developer teams. In the end, it doesn't change the fact that architects just wanted to get built. They just want to build. They need land to build. You can't deny that. You, you you, you as an architect, you just wanted to build. It's like doctor. If, there, they, if there's no patient, then doctor will running out of jobs. <laughs> kind of thing. But we just can't... Well, I mean, if you, regardless how many you wanted to change, even though you wanted to change a pavilion, let's say you change the scale of your model, the, 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 the practice, right? You just wanted to change to, let's say I want to build pavilion, that's all. Temporary structure, I don't need land. I just need a temporary land. You still need a land. You still need a space to build your thing. I mean, that's the nature of our profession, I would say. Um. Yeah. yeah, I
2: think I think if we were not to build, I guess don't become an architect.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> become
2: an, become an activist. I feel like I feel like I don't know. I feel like we are stuck in this in this capitalist system, and I think that as architects, it's very very hard for architects to not earn money without building. Yep. At least yep. currently in this situation, I can't really think of a way for architects to earn money other than drawing buildings to be built. So I'm not sure, maybe in in UK, there are ways of architects being able to earn money to earn money through not building. But Malaysia, I feel like we still haven't reached that kind of level yet where we don't build and we are still able to make money as architects.
1: I think make money is one thing. Um, how many money that you need is another story because if you, let's say, just wanted to design some, okay, like refurbishment now, okay, the existing property, I just want to renovate, that's all. Okay, fine, but how far can you go? And, and what is the quantity that you need? Because those projects, they are way smaller fee compared to, you know, to design a master plan, like uh, uh, Desa Park City, you know, it's, it's kind of different. But um maybe I can, sorry, I have to call out a person, um, Nick, I think I I'm not sure what do you think because you yourself um, you know have have seen a lot of uh, ugly side of our architecture industry or perhaps the beauty side of it would you like to say something?
3: Why why you call me out
1: <laughs> No I'm just curious I'm curious what do you think
3: yeah I'm I'm really curious what about, what do I think about the current situation in Malaysia the arch- uh,
1: it, it could be or that what? or you wanted to talk about Penang Island project
3: well, I, I think you all make uh, f- some valid points, so I won't point it out. But uh, I do feel that, you know, sure, you know, why aren't more Malaysian architect uh, designing uh, our local sort of uh, uh, cities or, or buildings? Why are we inviting more so many foreigners? Nothing wrong with that. I mean, like. Of course, having international competition, it's good, but maybe perhaps those competition can also open up to Malaysian architects, you know, so have a fair ground, whether it's, you know, local or international, they decide. But, uh, but I think it's always, maybe it's because we're always gravitated to our colonial past. Somehow we feel like, you know, uh, Westerners can do better than mm. us. Uh, so, it's I, I mean I don't know I, I've, I still feel that we are kind of in that situation where we are with thing that we cannot be better than you know others but we don't really need to put our name out into international um, stage. into the international stage I mean mm-hmm. like as long as we can design our things better locally we don't necessarily need to get our name out into international stage, because not many countries do that, you mm. know? Mm. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there are always room for improvement. So I don't think it's it's that bleak of a situation. So really up to you guys, future architects or future designers <laughs> to design better. I mean, like, yeah, I kind of agree also where you say, uh, there's no way architects cannot build, uh, or, but there's no way architects uh, cannot build, we'll always be building, but maybe we can build better. Mm.
1: Yeah, thanks, 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 Nick. Um, yeah, should you okay, should we add right. this? And Edmund, I Joey, Anna, unless <laughs> you guys once again have anything else to add, yeah. Um, okay, I think that's
0: it. I think I, I'm gonna call it now. Uh once again thank you very much for listening in to this uh, episode of uh, the first ever debate episode from Milo Ice. Uh, Gary versus uh, Yvonne, R. E. the Penang South Islands uh project. Uh well I'll to you to join your conclusion. I'm not gonna call a winner because uh mm-hmm. you know, uh that's not my job and then uh, we shouldn't say that. Uh, I hope it has influenced you and made uh and made you guys uh, more aware of uh what is a big mega project it's all about uh i'd like to uh issue an errata over here previously the very beginning i was uh, i actually said that this project is a 2000 acre project uh that mm. is a mistake i'd like to clarify that it's actually 4500 acres made. Mm. Yep. okay so it's more than twice the size of what is it uh so i uh, sorry for that uh fake news Okay, I think that's it for tonight, lady, and uh, thank you very much for listening in uh this famous uh signing out, my eyes, out.
2: Thanks. Okay, Thank you.